Did you know you can look and feel perfectly healthy and still have HIV? Yeah, you, you really can't rely on systems to know whether you have HIV or not because there's a lot of symptoms are flu-like, which is with a lot of other things. Uh, you got to know your, your status, and the only way to know that is to get tested. We sat down with uh, people from the Harford County Health Department on this episode of Harford County Living and actually talked about HIV, AIDS, and PrEP, um, and how people are still afraid to talk about it, and you need to talk about it. Uh, you know, it's very good conversation. I learned a lot of uh, interesting things, as I always do, um, on this podcast as well. So uh, sit back, take a listen, and um, hopefully you gain something from it, and um you know, again, as with breast cancer and everything else, I, I just encourage people to um, get tested, especially with the Orford County Health Department. It, it's free. You know, hep C and HIV is what we were talking about. It's, it's a free test. So um, take a listen. You know, I talk to businesses and organizations all the time about their marketing and advertising plans. And I actually hold seminars on social media marketing and advertising and other things as well. One of the things that we do here at Harford County Living, we have different types of advertising, whether it be a simple text ad or a banner ad, sponsorship for our website, or even a podcast sponsorship. We offer all kinds of different ones. But we also encourage people to keep it local, advertise not just on Harford County Living, but uh, look at the local radio stations, uh, look at the local magazines, you know, um, there is a lot of ways that you can take your advertising money and put it to use and get more just from the local media here than you can, can say, um, I don't know, those big newspapers that are basically based out of other states that uh, say they're from here. We uh, actually offer advertising starting at $25, our podcast sponsorship is exclusive so that means if you sponsor a podcast you're the only sponsor there and your ad doesn't go away you know um it's always there your link to your website's always there uh the only way it goes away is if uh, for some strange reason the podcast or the website shuts down um so i encourage everybody keep it local advertise in more than one source but keep it harford county Thank you for coming, and please send any suggestions or comments to podcast at harfordcountyliving.com. The Harford County Living Podcast is produced for your enjoyment, and show notes can be found at harfordcountyliving.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorites, RRS feed, or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now, let's join Rich Bennett and his special guest. Welcome everybody, Harford County Living. We are sitting here at the health department again, and December is HIV Awareness Month, so we are sitting here with a group of people from the program, and I'm actually going to have Linda explain the program uh, to us first. So, 
Yeah, so we're talking about the PrEP program today, but when you talk about PrEP, and this is in terms of HIV, you kind of have to start your conversation with HIV. Um, PrEP is a preventative pill that you take once a day to prevent um, an HIV-negative person from getting HIV. Um, in terms of HIV data, it, we are looking better. Our numbers probably last year were um, close to 40,000 new HIV diagnoses in the nation, oh. uh, which is down, which is a good thing. But we're just not reaching everybody. Um, everybody's not aware that PrEP is out there. So we're really hoping to get the inv information out there. How long has that been around? PrEP. 2012, uh, the FDA approved a medication called Truvada, and that's the pill that you would take once daily. And it's been approved in adolescence through adulthood. Oh, so that's what Truvada is? Because mm -hmm. I've seen the commercials, but I never never really realized and that's what it was. It's actually a combination drug that can be used for HIV medication as well, but Truvada taken by itself is what PrEP is. Okay, but 2012 is when it came out. Yes. So what took them so long? Exactly. Good, Good question, question, huh? Good question. <laughs> I mean, I, and I don't know if it's myth or not, but I'm, and we were talking earlier, because I remember the 80s. Mm -hmm. It seemed like that's when HIV came around, and which had a lot of people scared. Right, right. And there's a whole lot of stigma out there, too, that we're trying to get over. We're trying to get people just to talk about mm -hmm. HIV, talk about your status, talk about sex. All those things are in combination, um, really help bring the awareness up, I think. Do you see more people, I guess, more comfortable talking about it? We're yeah. trying to get that out there. Trying to get yeah. that out there. It's still, okay. especially providers, don't want to talk about it with their clients. So it's hard to get the word out there. Just providers aren't testing for HIV. CDC, I think, recommended, Cindy might be able to help with this too, but CDC recommended HIV should be, everybody should be screened for HIV at least once in a lifetime from 13 to 64 years of age. Yeah. And if you have a little bit more risky behavior, maybe more frequently than that annually would be great too. So providers aren't, aren't always doing that. So we're trying to get the word out there too. Why? Talk, I mean, why aren't they doing that, that conversation? Yeah. I can speak a little bit to mm -hmm. that maybe. Um, this is Zach Kaczynski. I am the regional prep navigator um, with, uh, with the prep program here at Hartford County. And I'm happy to talk a little bit more about that in a bit if we like what exactly I do. But part of my job is going out into the community and talking to community members, talking to providers, um, all sorts of providers. This is from substance use treatment providers, mental health providers, primary care physicians, um, working with another woman to do some of that primary care provider outreach. And those are generally like your family doctor that might right. be offering you this once, at least once in a lifetime HIV test and if you're at risk more frequently. Um, so going out and talking to these folks, I get to get a little bit better of an idea of where the stigma is coming from in Hartford County specifically. Um, I do see a lot of it is just it's misinformation or lack of information. So I go and one of the first questions I ask when I'm speaking with folks is saying, did you know that there's a pill to prevent HIV? And I've had people look back at me and laugh in a, in a, a friendly way, thinking, right. like, oh, you're messing with me. What's, what's the punchline here? Um, I would never thought that. Exactly, and there is no punchline. There is a pill that you can take once a day to prevent HIV. It's over 99% effective when you adhere to it, Just, which is incredible. Wow. It's more effective than birth control. It's more effective than condoms at preventing HIV infection. Um, and so that's one big piece is just misinformation. And that's not right. even necessarily stigma related. In terms of stigma, we do see a lot of you were talking about 
um, in the 80s when we really saw sort of public awareness of HIV starting and the epidemic really blossomed then. Um, people saw it as, as a disease of gay men, primarily. And by the numbers, we do still, still see that men who have sex with men, gay, bisexual, or however they identify, right. are at much higher risk of HIV infection um, for a number of reasons. We do still see that. However, HIV doesn't just affect men who have sex with men. It makes right. sense for a lot of different people. But we see that sort of that stigma that HIV is uh, gay men's disease and therefore people think, oh, HIV information doesn't apply to me. So that is one thing that we see when we're talking to providers as well, uh, because they think, you know, well, my patients aren't talking to me about their sex life or who they're having romantic relationships with. And so they don't know or they don't think that their patients are LGBT identified. If that makes sense, if they, they don't think they have any gay patients in their practice, they don't think that an HIV test or the PrEP is something that they need to know about or offer because they don't necessarily think that it fits for their patients. Even though most of these providers are indeed seeing gay and bisexual men and people, members of other populations that PrEP would make sense for. Right. So it's right. sort of a, a misunderstanding and I, I think that does come from a little bit of discomfort as well. Because if you're gonna talk about HIV, you gotta talk about the routes of transmission, which are um, you know, IV drug use generally, um, or unprotected sex. And those are two things that, that folks just aren't, a lot of providers aren't comfortable talking about. They don't teach you in medical school how to have yeah. a conversation with a patient about their sex life. When you say, you know, in the gay community, but it seemed like I remember, and I guess because of working in a nightclub, to me it was just the community as a whole. Mm -hmm. It's like everybody was scared of it. And yeah. I guess we were well, we weren't really, we, I guess we were scared to talk about it with partners, but not with other people. You know, like if the guys are sitting down having a beer or whatever, we talk about it. Um, going out with somebody, no, we want to talk about it. And now, and you said the numbers are down? Yeah, so the new diagnoses are down. That's overall, good. Which is a good thing, yeah, but we are seeing increased numbers in women of color, especially in his, the Hispanic population. The men having sex with men is kind of stabilized a little bit um, in white men, but in young black men, those numbers are really on the rise too. Yeah, so we see like the overall total mm -hmm. number of new HIV diagnoses. That total number in the country is going down. Okay. But it's that what, what we look at when we break the population down into different groups, we see that it's going down drastically in some, but in others it's going up. Right. That makes sense. So like the percentages within certain parts of the population are going up or down. Right. And overall it's mm -hmm. going down. So we, we, while it's a good thing that the infection rates are right. going down overall, we still, we still should be, <laughs> we've separated out by specific groups of people. And it's very concerning to see that among some groups, the risk is actually increasing significantly. Well, that's what I was wondering, like, mm -hmm. because of the opioid epidemic, yes. is, that, is that rate going up? Or yeah, we definitely see right. some of that changing the face of HIV okay. a little bit. Right. Surprisingly, um, people who, with injection drug use, those numbers have gone down, which really? is good. We're kind of hitting that group pretty wow. well. They're, they seem to be um, learning and, and hearing the information. But um, there's another group I was going to tell you about. So women, I guess maybe women of color who might be exchanging or transactional sex, maybe exchanging drugs for money or sex, um, those numbers are going up too. And then, of course, there's the issue of if they get pregnant, then the children are at risk as well, you know, the unborn child. So 
those are definitely target populations we want to get to. See, I think that's something else that a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, the children are at risk. Um, and I think we talked about this on one of the other podcasts because of the opioids and, and other drugs. You know, yes, it puts the children at risk. Mm -hmm. And then it makes you wonder what's going to, that when that generation comes around, what are those numbers going to be like? Hopefully they'll be down, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I, I guess we're already seeing that with other generations already since the time, but whew, it's kind of scary. So HIV preparedness or awareness month, preparedness month. Um, what is it that you know people out there can do or that you can do to make more people aware of it? I mean, do you guys go out and talk to everybody or go out to different organizations and talk about it or? We definitely mm -hmm. want everybody to talk about this. Right. So start a conversation with your neighbor if you can, just um, just within the community. We're trying to target some of the providers so that they are talking it, talking about it with their patients. We also are putting some ads on, um, doing some campaign ads on their dating apps, on the radio. On, we're trying to get into the movie theaters. Oh, just, really? Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Send them to me. Okay. Seriously. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll definitely be sure to share and blast that stuff out on social media when. Uh, when we do have stuff yeah. up and running. We've done a few things, Linda, you mentioned the bus ads, mm -hmm. and we're advertising on social media, specifically social networking apps that target um, people in the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. um, we're doing some of that. Lots of little flyers yeah. printed, and just really a big part of what, um, through my position, I've been trying to do is connect with other agencies that mm -hmm. provide services to people. Because like, you know, Linda and I are two people, Cindy's one person, she has her team, but like we're, we're individually, we're pretty small, but we have a lot of partnerships with agencies in the community that are providing services to citizens of Hartford County at in crazy numbers. Right. So if we can connect with them and equip them with the information that they can then share with the people they work with, our reach is sort of broader. And so that's sort of what I've been targeting with some of my work is trying to get the information in the hands of agencies that are already serving the residents of Hartford County. Yeah, I, I take it there's a lot of agencies out there in the county. There are quite a few. Oh, yeah, is there? there are quite a few. So you guys are another group that just like a handful of you working still. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. yeah. All right, so we were talking before we started with the different awareness days and all of that. Mm -hmm. You mentioned one, uh, oh God, it went right out of my head. Uh, uh, National HIV Testing Day? Yes, thank you. Yes, so that is, uh, let me double check, I believe June 27th of each year. Yes, June 27th. Um, and it's just an annual day to encourage people to get an HIV test. Um, again, this, the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, recommends that everyone between the ages of 13 and 64 mm -hmm. gets at least one lifetime HIV test, and that if someone is at higher risk than the average person in the population for HIV, that they get tested more frequently, maybe okay. every year. We have um, patients who are receiving PrEP, that once-a-day pill to prevent HIV, that are a part of our PrEP program. We usually have them get tested at least once every six months. Um, and for HIV specifically, outside of other STIs, every three months. Mm -hmm. And so. they don't come here to get tested, they go to their doctor or whatever to get tested? So we, we actually provide, uh, we provide PrEP, Truvada, and all the care that goes around it at the health okay. department. Um, so okay. two locations <laughs> in Woodbridge, <laughs> the Woodbridge Station, which is in Edgewood, right. and as well as at one of our offices where we have uh, health services provided in Bel Air. Now, you said providers are, they're not talking about it as much as they should be, correct? So that's what we think. So you okay. just, 
study, um, and the data supports this too, that they did a study, I think some of the people that were newly diagnosed with HIV, um, well, a lot of them, first of all, don't know they have HIV, but if they happen to go t get tested, mm -hmm. data shows that they were actually at a provider multiple times that year and were never asked to get screened for HIV. So there were multiple opportunities before they actually maybe had the nerve to walk into maybe our center to get a rapid HIV test or if a friend encouraged them to go in and, and get tested, maybe because they were having symptoms. Um, if you interview them or ask them, they actually were at a doctor several times before that and were not offered the test. So. And, pe and people yeah. can get tested at the health department. Cindy, do mm -hmm. you want to talk about that? Yeah, so um, the health department offers free uh, HIV and hep C finger sticks. Um, they're a 20-minute test. Okay. You will get the result in 20 minutes. Um, oh, wow. We encourage calling for an appointment because not every site can um, offer the test. Right. At, you know, on some given day because of clinics or what have you. But, um, like the Main Street address we um, we offer that uh, pretty much five days a week people can come to you and get tested which mm -hmm. is good because especially yes. if their providers aren't even suggesting it mm -hmm. and I'm wondering it's I guess sometimes people don't even know whether they ask their providers mm -hmm. maybe they don't know if their providers can mm -hmm. and it's free and confidential so we need okay. you to give us our name but we're not going to take any information for billing or payment um, and, and we actually also offer the anonymous testing as well. Um, so I was gonna say it's on maybe, the website. Okay. I was going to say yeah. maybe that's another reason maybe some people are scared to ask their provider. But you, I mean, if the anonymous, I mean, that's good. Anonymous. Yes, it's thanks. a tough word right now. Yes, I know. Anonymity. Anonymity. Little bit. So can you talk about the process of the test too? Because it could be intimidating to somebody and just, just a finger stick. Okay. Out. So um, the finger stick. Again, it's free. It's um, a 20-minute result, and what we do is, you, someone has to sign a consent, and they can, if they're anonymous, it's just an X, right. um, giving us permission to do this test. Do the test. Um, whether it's HIV or the rapid Hep C as well, and um, so we just—it's like um, uh, someone with diabetes doing a finger stick. It's it's um, a lancet, and we do it. We just stick the finger. Just a little poop. Just it. That's it. And we get a little blood and we put it in um, a tube and it it does the work. And within 20 minutes, minutes they get the results? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's that's amazing though. It, it, it really is. It's yeah. a great test. Mm -hmm. well, people definitely, I mean, should. I would say if there's any history at all, I guess even in your family you should too, right? Um, you know, if, if there is any question of yeah. a possible risk give us a call and we can certainly um, schedule the test. Yes, if someone has, has been exposed or think they've been exposed to someone with um, HIV in some manner, right? Yeah, a test is good. I don't know if you can answer this or not, but with, it, okay, with HIV, are there any early symptoms that somebody could you know, look out for? You know? Um, so, the literature states that some folks uh, think maybe they have um, a flu, okay. they have a fever, aches, pains, a, a kind of cold-like symptoms, um, and then you know most of us just kind of work through that, and it goes away, and then um, time will go, and perhaps they will then come up with some 
other symptoms that we would test for at that point okay. in time. But the flu-like symptom is what I see reported the most. I was going to say, cause, cause, and with that, it seems like almost everything has a flu-like symptom. Correct. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, I'd be scared. It's like, what do you test for? I mean, there are so many things you could test for with that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Um, That's why we ask. We try to ask really good questions right. for anybody who comes mm -hmm. in. We're asking questions not just about symptoms. We're asking questions about... Um, whether someone is having protected or unprotected sex. We're asking about how many people they're having sex with. We're asking them whether they inject drugs. Whether they, when they inject drugs, do they share exchange needles that have been used by someone else. We're asking them about previous history of STIs, or we're looking at that in our records. So we're looking at all these different things that could potentially put somebody at risk of HIV, okay. and we're asking about those things. Um, and if any of those things, regardless of whether a person has those physical symptoms or not, we're going to offer an HIV test and we're probably going to have a conversation with them about PrEP, about the possibility that you may, may be at elevated risk of HIV, so let's talk about this once daily pill that can prevent it if you are exposed. Now, are you seeing, are you hearing of any providers actually starting to ask those questions or is it still... I think okay. some are, okay. yeah, which is a good thing. We're, we're trying to get the word out. Zach's getting out there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trying, trying. <laughs> it's hard. They're big. Doctors are busy. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. our yeah. providers of all sorts are really busy, so it's not always easy for us to, to get a real good, real good pulse on it. But mm -hmm. I know I, I ask friends when they go to their primary care appointments, I say, ask them, ask them about an HIV test and then report back to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. One thing we hear, too, is a lot of people, if their doctor knows that they're married, their doctor will just assume that they don't need to ask questions about sexual activity or contraception or STIs. And the reality is that a lot of people's marriages and their, their sex lives are much more complicated than that. And their provider should still be asking questions. That's yeah. another interesting thing that we see a lot of people, if they, their provider knows they're married, the provider doesn't ask any questions related to sex. But can't the, the virus be in you for years before it actually is known? Two? Are you speaking like before it develops into yes. AIDS? Yes, I guess, yeah. Yeah, you might you know more about that um, than me. Absolutely. So um, some, into, some of our patients have um, been diagnosed in the hospital. Okay. Um, and they, they've had it probably for many years based on um, their lab work. And then when you talk to them about their history and, you know, when they were sick and different things like that, you can kind of go back and say, well, they, they have had this probably for years. Um, but again, people are busy. People right. just work through illnesses and, you know, continue with their daily lives um, until their body just says, uh, enough, we need to address this. Um, but yes, people can have HIV or Hep C for many years without and not knowing even know it. it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Jeez. And then, un unfortunately, they can give it to other individuals. Right, yeah, I mean, that's, mm -hmm. well, at least the good thing is you're seeing the numbers go down, mm -hmm. which is awesome. I'm glad to see that. Um, I guess what I'm still worried about is not a lot of people are, are talking about it. And I think that's key too. A lot of people, and you, you know, people get out there and they talk about everything else, whether it be tobacco, cancer, or whatever. But it seems like there's still people that are afraid to talk about HIV, and I don't get it. I mean, it's 
I don't know. I, I, I can't figure that one out. Yeah, I mean, again, to talk about HIV, you have to talk about sex or drug use or both. Yeah. You have to talk about that stuff. And those are things that I think not only are people just uncomfortable with, and I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, a lot of us are raised that we don't, that's not family dinner table conversation. Right. Those aren't things you talk about. That's stuff you do in private. You don't do drugs at all, therefore we don't need to talk about it. So we don't really, we're not comfortable with it, but yeah. then at the same time, we don't have language. We don't even know how to talk about it. You know, if, if I think of having a conversation about my sex life with my mom, I wouldn't even know where to start. I wouldn't even know where to start because it's just, it's not a conversation that we have the same language to, to talk yeah. about, you know? I think some of the words that I would use, she probably wouldn't understand what I was saying. <laughs> Sorry, mom, if you're listening. <laughs> but uh, and, and I think that is one challenge to it, that even if one or both parties are ready and want to have a conversation, we don't even know how to go about it yeah. because we don't have any practice either. We don't, we don't sort of learn how to have that conversation. I guess... I guess the easiest way to, to break that barrier is just come out and talk about it because it. if you don't, you may not be around tomorrow to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And that's key. I mean, you got don't wait. Talk about it now. You you know, if you don't talk about it, you may never have the chance to. I know you some know. people are afraid to talk about HIV just because of the nature of the virus. It, it yeah. can't be cured. We don't have a cure at this point. We do have great medication to help you live a good long life, but people are afraid of that aspect of it too, I think. So. But that's just it. I mean, you are, there are treatments where exactly. people are living longer. Yeah. You know, and you know, we were talking earlier because what, Bohemian Rhapsody just came out. Yeah. You know, if that was around with, you know, with Freddie Mercury, right? Queen could still be putting out some powerful music. I mean, seriously, you never the know. You the world, find would, the, the world of music right. would look very different right now. Yeah. yeah. The earlier you detect it or get the information, the sooner you get on treatment, and you know, hopefully your outcome would be even better. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. HIV is considered um, a chronic disease, very similar to heart disease or um, diabetes. So it, it's kind of in the same discussion lines now. Mm -hmm. If okay. you know, people get into treatment um, and adhere to the regimen, it, it um, there's, you know. Good prognosis. Well, yeah, absolutely. Then earlier you were talking about myths and facts, uh, you know, um, about HIV. Okay. Do, I, I'm ready for this. Uh, ready? Okay. <laughs> I'm keeping score. All right. Yeah. All right. So, it is difficult to get HIV from casual contact. Myth or fact? It's difficult to get mm -hmm. HIV from was, just casual contact. We'll I'm, say hand holding, kissing. I would say I would say that's a fact. Yeah. Okay. All right. Did you get that one right? <laughs> you can tell if someone has HIV or AIDS by looking at them. That's a myth. It has to be a myth. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. Okay. HIV can be cured. Not yet. That's right. That's, a good, that's <laughs> nice. That's the latest research. Not that's yet, but it will be. On some vaccines, Optimistic, hopeful, cures. moving in that direction. Absolutely. HIV-positive people cannot safely have children. We didn't really touch on that too much. We have not. Uh, <laughs> Testing the knowledge that he's brought. I'd say it's a fact. Cindy? <laughs> that is not a fact. It's um, not a fact, no. Yeah. Um, if someone 
let's say uh, a couple would like to have children, one, one partner or both partners are HIV infected, if they are in care with a provider and the, you know, the provider's understanding that they want to have children, um, they can absolutely have a baby that is not HIV infected in today's world. Really? Absolutely. Um, uh, and also, um, if someone, if someone is um, not in care for HIV okay. throughout the pregnancy and goes to a hospital to deliver and they do a rapid test on this individual, they can give medications to the mother to help decrease the amount of viral load that is passed to that child and would probably um, think about maybe doing instead of a vaginal birth a c-section or something like that but yes but then it used it to be this way absolutely not well, we know okay. so much more about the virus and um, how to prevent transmission to the baby. Well, that's great to know that I got that. I'm, I'm glad I got that one wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, wow, that's, I didn't know that. And no Cindy, idea. if I can touch on this as well, um, the, 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 the point of having, if one of the partners mm -hmm. in the relationship who are trying to conceive a child, if one of those partners, the one who is HIV infected, if they are adherent with their, their treatment, their medication that their doctor gives them for their HIV, they cannot transmit that virus. Um, essentially. So this is something that we've, people who have been living with HIV have known just from trial okay. and error, you know, personal experience right. for years, but that very recently we know from large research, large scale research studies, that if a person who is HIV positive has what's called an undetectable viral load, and that just means that the number of copies of the virus in their blood are kept so low that our older conventional tests for HIV can't even find it. Okay. So the, the medication reduces that viral load, and if the person is on treatment and has an undetectable, very low viral load, we know that they cannot transmit the virus to someone else. And so this is what was one thing that Cindy was getting at when she was speaking of a, a couple trying to conceive. It would mean that that couple could safely have unprotected sex in order to conceive a child without passing it on. Um, and now, even if there were, if there was even more of a concern about HIV being transmitted during that act of conception, we also have PrEP as an option right. that one of those partners um, in the relationship could use. They take that PrEP pill once a day, um, every yeah. day. It's taken a little differently. They'll, they'll use it a little bit different. They'll do um, so many days of before trying to conceive, so many days after, and then they might stop it just for the health of the baby. So it's, okay. it's used a little bit differently. Okay. But we have, that's a, good, you know, man. bottom line, we have really, really good tools mm -hmm. in yeah. our toolkit. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's great to know because, I mean, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure a lot of other people didn't have any idea. So. Yeah, and it's it's also important to know for if we have say a say a woman who becomes HIV positive and she learns it could potentially be something that that really really concerns her of not yeah. being able to have a child in the future. But nowadays we have this information we could assure that That's mother great. That, that she still has the possibility of having an HIV. That is great. Baby. This is one question I want to throw out there because we haven't really touched on this yet. So you can't get prep without insurance. I'll say that we, we didn't talk about yeah. paying for that. Oh, oh well, I thought this was a myth or fact thing. <laughs> it is myth or fact. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. it's, it's a myth, yeah. So it is, um, it's 
that's one of the barriers people will, um, when they talk about prep or they'll hear it on the news and they'll say, oh, that's too expensive, that's not for me, I will, I'll never be able to afford it. Because Truvada, the pill itself, could cost maybe $1,600 a month if, if you're just paying out of wow. pocket. So there's many, many insurance plans, um, medication assistance programs, so that out-of-pocket cost is either zero to like maybe $1 at the most. So well, that's great finances would be great too. Yeah, and that's something uh, kind of building off of that mm -hmm. insurance piece. When we have patients come to prep, to come to the come to the prep program at the health department, um, we don't just provide the the medication. Right. We provide a lot of other things. So if someone comes and doesn't have insurance, we'll get them hooked up with an insurance navigator on site or nearby who can get that person insurance that day or very, very shortly after. We'll get people checked up in on that. We'll help them in navigating, you know, so they don't have a primary care provider. We can assist and the insurance navigators can assist with that as well. We have staff at the health department that we can refer people to who are able to help with things like food, housing and shelter. Um, you know, even like energy bill assistance, things like that. Some of the partners that we work with, if you come to the health department, to join one of our programs, we're able to connect you with a whole lot of other resources. Um, comprehensive STI screening and treatment is also. It's a lot of great assistance offered. and support yeah, within yeah. the department. A lot of people don't know about. And vaccinations. Get your vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> and the Hartford County Health Department website is uh, a valuable tool because the information that you need is on the website. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, Molly, they're nudging you. What's the website? I know. Um, www.harfordcountyhealth.com. Yeah. What's the phone number? Mm. Uh, <laughs> we use our main phone number. It's 410-838-1500. You know the next question, right? The address. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, Cindy, so, so we, the One North Main Clinic, um, you can do your HIV testing, and it is One North Main Bel Air. 21014, it's right next to Bon Tempo Brothers. And then oh, okay, Woodbridge, the Edgewood location, 1321, mm -hmm. Woodbridge Station Way, Edgewood, 21040. Correct. Right. Yeah. You're not going to give this address out? Well, oh, they don't need we don't really, you can't really well, get any yeah, okay. uh, HIV services here, but. Figures the one Rich is just picking on me because I gave him the wrong address the other time, so <laughs> I sent him down the street. <laughs> oh, I wasn't getting to that, but that's okay. <laughs> any, any other missing facts? Let's see. All right. Bring if them I, all out. If I start so everybody prep, moves. if I start prep, I have to take it for the rest of my life. Oh. Well, you have to take it every day, but I want to say for the rest of your life. Nope. You wouldn't have to, because if your situation changes, yeah. you know, if you have a monogamous partner, um, you know, or not many partners, then you might decide that you don't want to take it. There I did remember that one. There are some contraindications, um, health issues, maybe if the liver function or kidney functions are not cooperating with the medication, then you might uh, have to side stop effects. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, is there medication out there that doesn't have side effects? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> the side effects with PrEP, though, tend to be very, very minimal and also right. transient. Mm -hmm. So of people who do have side effects, it's generally limited to nausea and headaches. So like okay. your stomach and your head. Um, most people don't have it very, very severely. And of those that do, it's all the symptoms received within a month. And some people much more, much shorter than that. But very rare for the side effects. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, which I mean, is good. A good number. Mm-hmm. A good number of people do experience either the nausea or the headache, but but tend to report that it's very minimal. Right. Um, and it's transient. It's their short-lived side effects. Okay. Um, in the research, everyone who experienced side effects, they were completely back to baseline with no side effects after one month. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so wow. it's just sort of, you know, that adjustment, that adjustment that your body goes through. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you start going it's to like the gym. like if anything, really. You start going to the gym, you're going to feel it for a little while. You know, you change your diet and stop eating sugar, you're going to feel it for a while. <laughs> if I contract another STI, sexually transmitted infection, like gonorrhea or syphilis, my risk of HIV increases. Ooh. Fact or myth? I say it's a myth. That... <laughs> that is a fact. Okay, that's yep, true. And the reason for that, the immune system is it gets compromised when you have those other infections on board, so it makes you more susceptible to HIV. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like if you had an open wound on your arm and then rub some dirt in it, you're going to be more likely to. You know, you've got, like, you've got a site of that is your sort of you're compromised already. If you're exposed to something else, it's more likely to take hold. True wrong. <laughs> but see, I, so, wanted, I wanted to get a couple of these wrong so you guys could explain them. Oh, there we Perfect. go. Perfect. <laughs> <Such a good host. laughs> All right, last one here. PrEP will increase rates of STIs. PrEP will increase rates of sexually transmitted infections. That's a myth. I'm glad you said that. Because yeah. <laughs> that is one thing people seem to think that uh, when you're on PrEP, you're going to be more promiscuous, you're going to be having more sex, you're not going to be using condoms. Not necessarily the case. So I was going to say, then why would you be giving yeah. it to people? I yeah. mean, to <laughs> we do sometimes see the numbers go up a little bit, but we're screening more. So in right. that rec, we might be catching something sooner rather than later. So that's actually a good thing. Yeah, the research is a bit mixed. Mm-hmm. You have some studies that show no increased rate in STIs, and others that show slight increased rates. But the increased rates, as Linda said, are more more likely a result of the fact that we're regularly testing. Mm-hmm. As we said before, if someone was just going to their primary care provider and their provider wasn't offering testing on a regular basis, doesn't mean that person wasn't having didn't have any STIs. We just didn't know about them. Right. When people come to our prep clinic to get prep, we're doing that testing and treatment on a regular basis, and so we identify any sexually transmitted infections as soon as they happen. Okay. That's the last one. Yep. <sighs> All right. With, I, I know you guys have a limited number of employees in your department, but do you go out in like any expos, you know, anything where there's vendors set up or health, you know, like the Healthy Harford thing or something like that, and set up a booth to give people information? Definitely. Oh, I'll, I'll okay. be at yeah. HCC tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's sort of, it's been, for me getting out there, I'm actually, I'm fairly new. Um, I've been in this position for for almost five months? Nope, four months. It's been about four months. Oh, wow. So it's really, it's pretty new for me being able to go out. And Linda, with the program, is more clinically focused and is the nurse for that program. So she kind of gets bound down to the physical location, isn't able to go out as much. Okay. Um, I'm split between four different counties a bit, so I also work with Cecil, Kent, and Queen Anne's counties. So not in the same capacities as I do in Harford County. I'm here more. I'm definitely here a lot more, but my time is split a bit. I'm spending a good bit of time on the road. 
Um, and we're sort of we're still building those relationships to be able to get out there. And thus far, my strategy has really been to get the information about prep into the hands of other agencies, okay. so that they can provide it to the people they're already working with. Uh, we're, we're trying to partner too with Cindy a little bit more too, so that right. we're doing this whole comprehensive HIV screening, Hep C screening, talk about prep, offer that if needed. So we're kind of really trying to really partner and and hit many targeted similar populations. Right. Okay. Yeah, we do as many outreach um, opportunities as we can. Okay. And That's we encourage folks to call us if they have an event coming up. And, you know, if it's appropriate for the right. event, then we certainly try to make that. Yeah, like happen. a breakfast of Santa, probably not the appropriate place, <laughs> but, you know. I mean, something like a, uh, you know, uh, like a five, if somebody's doing a 5K, they have people set up, you know, something like that. Um, Anything, well, health-wise, I guess. Right, absolutely. Yeah, it makes sense. So, you have, you guys have anything else to add? Phone numbers. Oh. So Woodbridge phone. I don't know these, so you guys have to say. So yeah, our Woodbridge phone number would be four one zero six one two one seven seven nine. And okay. the one North Main Street is four ten eight seven nine zero two zero five or four one zero. Six three eight three zero six zero. I got two. Beat us. We do want to mention one last thing. Um, it's just the distinction between PEP and PrEP. Um, this is something that we've we've gotten calls in 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 the past asking for PrEP when what people really wanted was PEP. So PrEP is P R E P. It stands for pre exposure prophylaxis. That's okay. the pill we've been talking about to right. prevent HIV. You threw me off. You said PEP. PEP is minus the R, so it is actually post exposure prophylaxis. Oh. And we've been using that for, for a number of years before PrEP was even approved. Um, and so PEP is if someone believes or knows that they had, a, had an exposure to HIV, we'll put them on a course of antiretroviral medications, the same sort of medications we use for PrEP, um, we'll put them on a course of that for a period of 28 days. Yeah, we don't offer that here specifically. Right. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. When I say we, I wasn't. Right. right. We refer to okay. certain agencies mm -hmm. that uh, can handle that. Okay, gotcha. And that's for, again, PEP. PEP, not PrEP. Yeah. PrEP here at the health department to prevent yep. HIV. PEP okay. will refer elsewhere, um, and that is to prevent HIV infection from taking hold if someone believes that they were exposed. Okay. I want to thank you guys again for allowing me to come in and, and talk to you about this. And please, anybody listening, um, you know, it's very important as if anything, you know, if you have any... Um, if you believe that you could be, then definitely. I mean, get tested. It's free, right? Hep C and the HIV testing. Um, get on out there and get tested. And um, it's like with cancer and everything else. It's nothing to play around with. And above all else, talk about it. Don't be afraid to talk about it. And you know, like Zach brought up a good, a good point. You know, a lot of people, it's kind of hard to sit across from your mother and talk about it. But you know. You want to be here tomorrow to be able to, so just get out there and talk about it. And anything I can do, uh, you know, to help get the word out, please, you know, let me know. Send it to send it to Molly. Have Molly send it to me or whatever. Uh, but once again, thanks, thanks again, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for having us. Pep, you you're trying to throw me off there. <laughs> you know, I talk to businesses and organizations all the time about their marketing and advertising plans. 
and I actually hold seminars on social media marketing and advertising and other things as well. One of the things that we do here at Hartford Kennedy Living, we have different types of advertising, whether it be a simple text ad or a banner ad, sponsorship for our website, or even a podcast sponsorship. We offer all kinds of different ones. But we also encourage people to keep it local, advertise not just on Hartford County Living, but uh, look at the local radio stations, uh, look at the local magazines. You know, um, There is a lot of ways that you can take your advertising money and put it to use and get more just from the local media here than you can say, um, I don't know, those big newspapers that are basically based out of other states that uh, say they're from here. We uh, actually offer advertising starting at $25. Our podcast sponsorship is exclusive. So that means if you sponsor a podcast, you're the only sponsor there and your ad doesn't go away. You know, um, it's always there. Your link to your website's always there. Uh, the only way it goes away is if, uh, for some strange reason, the podcast or the website shuts down. Um, so I encourage everybody, keep it local, advertise in more than one source, but keep it Harford County.